0: Hello and welcome to Radius Church Online. So glad that you made the choice to join us today. Uh, my name is Scott Schuford. I'm the campus pastor at Radius Church Southside in downtown Columbia. And uh, we've got a special treat for you over these next two weeks. Um, back on December 6th, we had an Advent service out at Radius Centerville. And uh, for those of you who weren't able to join us, I mean it was an incredible night of worship and teaching. And we wanted to take the teaching from that night and um, walk through it together as a church. As we move into the season of Advent to prepare for Christmas, um, Advent is a season that Christians have been uh, walking through for the last 2,000 years. Uh, it's a season of preparation, um, of looking back, and also looking ahead to Jesus' coming. And uh, we get a chance to do that um, as a church this week, next week, and then leading up to Jesus' birth um, on Christmas Day. So this week, we have a chance to hear from Ryan Maloney and Russell Johnson as they talk about the Word becoming flesh and also the light of Jesus coming into the world. And then next week, we'll have a chance to hear from Derek Liferidge and Russell Johnson again, um, talking about the life of Jesus and the love that Jesus brings. But to move us into this space of of worship, I wanted to read a responsive reading uh, from John 1 and Colossians 3 that that is an affirmation of our faith um, as believers. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Let's pray. Father, as we sit in this season um, of preparation, God, I pray for our church that we would take the time to do the work, to pull back the layers of our heart and examine where over this past uh, really difficult year uh, we may have become callous towards you. Uh, We may have become uh, lazy or indifferent. Uh, We may have uh, turned our focus to other things. And Father, show me, show us as a church, how we can prepare the way for the Lord, to make straight a highway for him um, through the desert, through the the desert of our lives, through the desert of our our community, so that he can come and bring life and light. So Father, we welcome you in um, today. We welcome you in this season, and we pray that you'd come, Lord Jesus. And we pray in your name. Amen.
1: So the top of this pot rep- represents our Milky Way galaxy. It's not to scale, but it's sort of shaped like this. If you were to look down from a satellite, it's this big spiral with a cluster of the oldest stars right here in the middle. This is our galaxy, home sweet home, our entire solar system, our earth and our sun and our moon and our planets would all be buried in here so tiny you would never find it. This galaxy, this Milky Way galaxy is big. In fact, if you were to travel from one side of this galaxy to the other side of the galaxy, you would need to set your cruise control to the speed of light. You would need to travel at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second to cross from this side to this side. Now, I might have flunked high school math, but 186,000 miles per second is traveling pretty fast. If you traveled at the speed of light, if you traveled 186,000 miles per second, do you have any idea how long it would take you to get from one side of our Milky Way galaxy to the other side? It would take you 100,000 years to travel our Milky Way galaxy. And scientists used to think that this was the entirety of the universe. Up until about 1920, they thought the Milky Way galaxy was it. And now we know that there's 350 billion of these galaxies in the universe. And so if the universe is that big and that vast and that great, how great and how big must our God be? How big and powerful and strong must he be? The Bible says he sets his glory above the heavens. God says, if you're impressed with how great my creation is, if you're impressed with my 350 billion galaxies, you should see me. What does all that have to do with Christmas? John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. In the beginning when there was no universe, no galaxies, no sun, no moon, no stars, no earth, Jesus was there. And Jesus didn't just come into existence, he has always existed. And not only was he there, he was fully God. His name is not God Junior. Nobody calls him GJ or God Junior. He's not Junior Varsity God, he's not God's little helper. Jesus is fully God and he was with God in the beginning. And that isn't all, verse 3. Through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Everything that exists owes this existence to Jesus. Nothing was made or created without him. 350 billion galaxies and everything that exists inside those galaxies, the planets and the sun and the moon, an estimated one billion trillion stars, the earth, our tiny little earth in this tiny little galaxy, the mountains, the oceans, every creature that has ever lived were made by him. How big and how great and how powerful must Jesus be? And then I think we have the most shocking verse in all of the Bible, one that perhaps we've gotten a little used to because we hear it every single Christmas, but it's shocking, John 1 verse 14. The word became flesh. Jesus became human and made his dwelling among us. It's shocking. I mean the resurrection's shocking. Noah's Ark and Jonah and the whale, the burning bush, David and Goliath, the splitting of the Red Sea, they're all shocking. But this verse, this verse claims that this big, great, powerful, almighty creator God. Became a baby for you. It's shocking because he did not just appear on earth as an adult human. He didn't just pretend to be a human, he became human. He became flesh. He became this, a helpless little baby for you. And it's shocking. The eternal became an embryo. This incredible, awesome God that created every ocean and all of the seas became a fetus and floated inside the womb of a teenage mother. It's shocking. The infinite became an infant. Jesus created Mary. He knit her together in her mother's womb and now he kicks her from inside her womb. He lets Mary nurse him. He lets Mary change his diapers. And as Mary held him in swaddling clothes, he held 350 billion galaxies together. It's shocking. The Creator was in a crib. The one that names and counts the billions of stars by name is having to learn himself how to count to ten. The Creator that breathed life into humans is having to learn to crawl and stand and walk. Can you imagine Mary playing peekaboo with the King of Kings? It's shocking. These tiny little hands with tiny little fingerprints are the same hands that created and made all things. They will be the same hands that healed the lame and the sick and caused the blind to see. They will be the same hands that will have nails go through them. For you, it's shocking. (coughs) Have you gotten used to this? Have you gotten used to Christmas? Christmas. Because the Christmas story is not about Santa or presents or reindeers and lights. The Christmas story is not about stockings. The Christmas story really is shocking. That the Almighty God would humble himself and become this for you and for me. He had to enter this world to rescue you from the world. And so enjoy Santa Claus. Enjoy the presents. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy the reindeer. Enjoy the lights. Enjoy National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. But don't miss this that the Word became flesh.
2: Now, don't let the baby fool you. I know little babies are cute and sweet and precious, and I I know that we we want to make much of the fact that little baby Jesus came in this human form, and that's true, and it's very important, but don't let the form fool you. I mean... Yes, baby Jesus needed to be swaddled and nursed and fed and all of those things, right? We needed to make sure he didn't put things in his mouth when he was a toddler, but there's more to Jesus than this. Listen to what John 1 says in verses 4 and 5. It says, life was in him, Jesus, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Paul says in Ephesians 6, that the powers of darkness are real, and the powers of darkness were trying to extinguish the light from the very beginning. Powers of darkness were not fooled by baby Jesus. Remember, the Gospel of Matthew tells us that Herod devised a plan to figure out where Jesus is using the wise men, and when the wise men foil his plot and go home a different way, Herod decides to kill All the boys two years old and younger, that was his plot. That was the powers of darkness devising a scheme to extinguish the light, and it didn't work. When Jesus' ministry went public, he went into the wilderness, and he was tempted after 40 days, and that was Satan trying to extinguish the light. And then finally, the Pharisees and the religious elite and and the demons themselves, as they Worked to crucify Jesus, but that plot was foiled when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and when he did, the darkness could not extinguish the light. Don't let the baby fool you. He is full of power and full of light, and Jesus has been at this from the very beginning. Matter of fact, in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus. And in the very beginning in Genesis 1, it says the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the earth. And the very first thing that happened on day one, is said, God said, let there be light. Jesus was there. Let there be light. Jesus has been a light from the very beginning and he has been pushing out darkness from day one. And just for free, it was four days later, day four, that the sources of light the sun, moon, and stars would be created. That's how powerful Jesus is. What kind of light is it? Let me read to you from Ezekiel chapter one, the the kind of light that Jesus embodied. It says in verse four, I looked and there was a great whirlwind coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing back and forth and a brilliant light all around it. So there's this fire and it's moving back and forth and there's this light all around it and then it says this there was a gleam like amber in the center of the fire so fire with light and in the center of that was a gleam like amber I mean this is intensity of light he then goes on and says this in verse 26 the shape of a throne with the appearance of sapphire stone was above the expanse and there was a form with the appearance of a human on the throne And from what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a gleam like amber from what looked like fire closing in all around. Like this is so intense. He says, I think it's fire. It looks like fire, but all I know is it is really bright. He says, I I also saw what looked like fire and there was a brilliant light all around. And the appearance of a brilliant light all around was like a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the form of the Lord's glory. It says he fell down in worship. That's the intensity of light that Jesus Christ embodied. He would push out darkness. When we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating that kind of intense bright light coming into the world. And the hope of that is this. In Revelation chapter 21, it says that this light is going to be our source for eternity in a new heaven and a new earth. Listen to these words. John says, I, do not, I did not see a sanctuary in this new heaven and new earth because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its sanctuary. And then it says, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because God's glory illuminates it and its lamp is the lamp, the Lamb. Can you imagine one day new heaven, new earth, eternal state forever. No sun, because God's glory is there. No moon, no light source, because Jesus Christ is there. So in John 1, when it says he is the light, that's what it means. When we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate baby Jesus, don't let the baby fool you. He is full of intense, bright, darkness-shattering light.